Hello, hello. Welcome to my reinvented podcast, Taboo, where we talk about all the things people are afraid to talk about. If it makes you uncomfortable, I'm probably going to talk about it. Life is too short for ambiguity. So thank you for listening, and here we go. Hello, hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to this week's episode of Taboo. I wanted to hop on here today and solo cast about a plant teacher that is very near and dear to my heart, and that is Mama Cacao. I felt inspired to share the medicine of cacao with many people after this past weekend. I had to do a presentation on it for my herbalism program, and it just like ignited this passion and this fire in me about why I'm so passionate about cacao because I've seen the physical changes and the spiritual changes that it's made in my life. And so I was like, I should hop on here and record an episode about the magic of cacao. So in case you don't know, cacao actually comes from the Amazon rainforest. That's the origin of cacao. They can't exactly pinpoint which specific country that's geographically marked today that would be like where it came from. So they just consider it to be a fruit from the Amazon rainforest. So these would be the geographic areas that today we call Colombia, Peru, Ecuador, and Brazil. And we still continue to get a lot of our cacao from there. But 50 to 70% of the cacao produced today actually comes from West Africa. And you can zoom in on that even further and notice that most of it is coming from two countries, the Ivory Coast and Ghana. And that's kind of surprising. And you might wonder how that happened. But when you look back on history and the way that colonization happened, there were all these trade routes that started forming to Central America. And as colonizers discovered South America and they discovered cacao and all of the other amazing crops that people were growing and using, they started bringing them back and forth through the slave routes. And that was how cacao basically ended up in Africa. Cacao needs to grow in tropical climates, so basically it can only thrive in conditions that are about 20 degrees above or below the equator. So this is why most of our cacao comes from the Amazon, West Africa, and you may find some places in Central America like Costa Rica or parts of Mexico that are also growing their own cacao. Um, as somebody who comes from Miami, there are a few places who can grow cacao there and there are some farmers who have started to sell that and distribute it. I haven't had any actual cacao that's been grown from Miami, so I cannot speak to that. But the majority of the cacao that you're consuming comes from South America, particularly the Amazonian region or West Africa. And so in case you didn't know, cacao is a fruit. I actually didn't know about this until a few years ago, actually. There's different varieties of cacao as well. And something really cool about it is that it's a tree and the cacao fruits actually grow right off the trunk. There's no like distinguishing branches where then the cacao comes from. So it's really cool that it's literally just coming right off of the life source of that tree. And 
when you think of trees and planting, you're like, oh, I hope I get my crops as soon as possible. But a true cacao tree takes about six to eight years to produce fruit. And some of the newer hybrid models, which I'll go a little bit into, can start to produce fruit as soon as three years after being planted. But just a reminder that like many things in life, things don't happen overnight. So a lot of the growth and the time that it takes for the seeds to ripen, for the roots of the plant to deepen, that's because that's what makes good cacao. Cacao trees can live over 200 years, but they actually will only produce fruit for about 25 of those years. So that's also something that I thought was super interesting. And again, I always draw parallels on that fact towards humans, you know, not every year is a fruitful year per se. And there are lessons that we learn and some seasons there are droughts and other seasons there's a lot more water. But being cognizant of the fact that not every year are you going to get an abundance of cacao fruit. And so if you've ever gone to, you know, Costa Rica or maybe you've gone to Peru or Ecuador and you visited a cacao farm, they may have shown you the actual fruit and you may have had the pleasure of having them cut it open and seeing the seeds inside kind of covered in that white fleshy pulp that actually tastes delicious. Inside those, the, those are called the pods. There's about 40 beans in each pod. And there's about 40 pods per tree for every year that the cacao tree produces cacao fruit. And so when we think about what kind of cacao we're eating, or if you haven't thought about it yet, I encourage you to really think about where is what I'm eating coming from? What kind of process did this food have to go through to get to my plate, to get to the grocery store? to get to the factory where they produced all of these things, which ideally you want, you know, farmer's market and local source things. But, you know, the reality of life is that that's not always going to be the case. Um, there's actually different kinds of varieties of cacao. And the most popular varieties that exist today are the Forastero, the Criollo, the Trinitario, and the Nacional. The Criollo and the Forastero variety originated in the Amazon basin. And if you ask, you know, cacao connoisseurs or experts, they would probably tell you that the Criollo is the most delicate and difficult to cultivate, which makes it one of the more prized varieties. It's definitely more rare in the cacao consumption realm, and it has a really delicious flavor. Um, they made a hybrid strain which is the Trinitario, and that's one of the ones that I previously mentioned is one of the main varieties. And the Trinitario is not as rare, but it still makes up about less than 10% of the total cacao production. The Trinitario is the least pure, but it has a really wide range of taste and profiles because it's a hybridized version of cacao. And it's a combination of the Criollo cacao and the Forastero cacao. And um, Forastero is the main variety that we consume. It's one of the highest yielding plants. It's an easy option for growers of cacao. And it just has a really good resistance to disease. So this is why this is mostly cultivated in West Africa and is usually what you're going to find in cacao that you're buying in bulk or cocoa powder. 
So just a little bit on the background of the different kinds of cacao. And so if you've ever thought about how does cacao turn into a chocolate bar, it's actually a pretty complex process. The fruit grows on the trunk, the fruit gets picked by farmers, and then the pulp is extracted with the beans, it's placed outside and allowed to ferment. This is where you get the sugars and the yeast drawn out from it, much like in the way that you would have alcoholic fermentation. It creates this like bitter, astringent flavor that we associate with pure cacao. And then the longer that you let it sit, the richer and the more like thick that that flavor will become. The average fermentation period is typically about seven days. So seven to 10 days is what local cacao farms will typically use when they're creating quality cacao. And then after the beans are done fermenting, they allow them to dry and they can roast the cacao. So if you're drinking ceremonial cacao, which I'll talk a bit about, that is typically roasted between 120 to 150 degrees Celsius. And that helps to create some of that aromatic flavor that we associate. And those same roasted beans can then be chopped up and turned into cacao nibs. So a lot of us have had that, the crushed up tiny pieces of that like crunchy, dark flavored cacao. And then if you choose not to sell it as cacao nibs, you would then grind it up. And that's when they start adding sugar and fillers that I'll talk about, cocoa butter, cocoa solids, and they turn it into a paste. And that paste, when they add other flavors to it and they solidify it, that's what turns into the chocolate bars that we see for sale at the grocery store or the farmer's market or wherever we're buying our chocolate from. So what is the magic of cacao? Why is this the Kool-Aid that I have chosen to drink? Well, cacao is one of the highest antioxidant-containing foods. If you look at goji berries or acai berries, which are higher than blueberries, and for some people, blueberries is the, you know, the top bar. But when you compare that, raw cacao powder and cacao nibs have about 100,000 times more antioxidants than these foods. And antioxidants are really helpful because they allow our body to fight off free radicals. And this is what helps reduce inflammation in the body. This is what helps us fight off invaders and foreign pathogens. And these are the things that destroy cancer cells and things like that if you've looked into some of the basic biological concepts. Cacao also has a super high flavonoid concept content, excuse me. And this is super important too. This is what brings out all of these flavors that we're tasting, the aroma of the cacao that we are smelling. And these all work synergistically in our body to help give us that focus, that clarity, and that inner peace that we feel when we drink cacao. And so somewhere along the lines, cacao became industrialized. And when you think about holidays like Valentine's Day, or you think about love in general, what do you associate with those feelings of love? It's chocolate. 
Valentine's Day is a day to give people chocolate and flowers. And that's because cacao is a heart-opening medicine. It is a medicine that helps connect the mind to the heart and helps you get out of the mind and into the heart space so that you're making decisions from a place of love. And I think that that's so beautiful because at least for me, I tend to be stuck in my mind a lot. I tend to shut down the emotions that I'm feeling in my body because I don't want to get caught off guard. I don't want people to see how I truly feel. And working with the medicine of cacao has really allowed me to break down those boundaries and really shatter that wall and let my heart lead the way, which was huge for me. So knowing that cacao is a really potent medicine for letting you feel all the feels. Sometimes I sit and I drink cacao in the morning and I'll just play some relaxing music. It could be classical music. It could be medicine music, flute music, meditation music, whatever you think of as relaxing. And I'll just close my eyes and hold one hand over my heart and the other hand over my belly and tears will just roll down my eyes. And I may not be able to tell you why these tears are coming out, but it's like an energetic and emotional release that's happening in the body. And I think that that's so beautiful and so profound because oftentimes we don't give ourselves the space to really sit and surrender to our emotions. And we don't give ourselves the time to feel the way that we want to feel. You know, oftentimes we're running around and in the hustle and bustle and we're like, I don't have time to cry. I have to go to work. And then you come home from work and you're doing your whole to-do list and the laundry list of things that you've set up for yourself. But what your body really wants to do is lay down in bed and read a good book or fall asleep and rest and repair itself. So truly listening to the body and letting yourself be led from the heart is a beautiful practice And I say practice because it's something that takes time to learn, to come into. Like everything in life, these are things that society doesn't really encourage us to do. You know, we're constantly driven by the consumer mentality, by how productive we need to be and by how many things we've accomplished. And so sitting down on your bed or on a chair or on your floor And feeling your emotions doesn't sound like something productive, but it really is super profound and an awesome way to achieve profound layers of healing. Another thing that is in cacao is magnesium. And magnesium is actually a mineral that a lot of us in the U.S. are deficient in. David Wolf, if you've read about him or read his work, he estimates that 80% of the American population is deficient in magnesium. And the standard American diet, which is a lot of fast food and processed food, provides only about 50% of the adequate amount of magnesium that we need for our bodily processes. And magnesium deficiencies have been linked to high rates of depression in our society. Magnesium is super important in the body. It's responsible for over 300 biochemical reactions. And those are things that act as coenzymes. 
And a recent study that was published in the Journal of the American Osteopathic Association showed that vitamin D can't be metabolized without sufficient magnesium levels. So that finding, in my mind, helps me understand why low levels of magnesium can be linked to higher levels of depression because vitamin D deficiency has already been shown to have a huge impact on our mental health. If you look at states, you know, like Washington or the Northeast where things get dark really early in the winter or just in general in the year, there's not a lot of sunlight. There are higher rates of suicide and seasonal depression in these places, and that's because they don't get a lot of sun. And if you're not taking a daily vitamin D supplement, which I will add is nowhere near the same as getting sun, but it's better than nothing, the levels of depression and the levels of anxiety and seasonal affective disorder are much higher. So we need magnesium. Magnesium also helps us to relax. So typically, you know, if you're one of those people like me where in the middle of the day, you find yourself tuning into the body and you realize that your shoulders are up by your ears because you're full of tension and stress. Magnesium really helps to just relax the muscles. It also helps to relax the bladder and it relaxes all of the muscle tone, which is why magnesium is great for people who have constipation. It's great for people who have trouble sleeping. So magnesium is a beautiful element and it helps support our brain health. It helps support brain activity. It helps support heart health. It helps us have better bowel movements and it helps with energy production, uh, ATP, which is adenosine triphosphate. (laughs) Some of you may be having PTSD from biology or if you took uh, biochemistry, those words may be familiar. But ATP is basically the unit that helps us produce energy in the body. So magnesium is a super essential mineral and it's loaded up in cacao as well as other minerals like chromium, iron, and there's other things, tryptophan, other antioxidants, essential fatty acids. So cacao truly is a superfood. Um, I'll also talk briefly about theobromine. Theobromine is basically a similar compound to caffeine, but it's much weaker. So they say that having a cup of cacao is the equivalent of having about half a cup to a quarter cup of coffee. So theobromine and caffeine are both part of the methylxanthine family, but theobromine has much more gentle effects on our physical bodies, and it's much less disruptive to our adrenal glands, which are the drivers of our fight or flight system, our sympathetic nervous system. So this is why you can drink cacao every day, and the days that you decide not to drink it, you're not going to experience those jitters, you're not going to experience those like lack of caffeine headaches, you're not going to experience that like wiry, sweaty feeling. And theobromine helps to relax and dilate our blood vessels. It's a vasodilator. So this helps to stimulate blood flow. It's great for circulation. It helps to lower our blood pressure because of this vasodilator effect. And um, I mentioned this in my presentation, but if you're somebody who has very high blood pressure, um, this might be helpful for you. And on the opposite end of that spectrum, if you have high blood pressure and you're on many medications to bring your blood pressure under control, you just want to be cautious when drinking cacao because you may lower the blood pressure too much and that can create other side effects that we want to avoid. But just knowing that theobromine is also present in cacao and an amazing um element that helps us to 
truly relax. So cacao, because it's a heart opener, it mainly works on our heart. So it helps promote cardiac wellness. It has something in it called phenylethylamine. And this is a chemical that's released in the brain when we fall in love. And phenylethylamine, which is known in short as PEA, like the word P, um, it helps to play a role in increasing our focus, increasing our alertness, increasing our clarity. And it acts a lot on the neurotransmitters that are in the brain. So it helps to work with serotonin, norepinephrine, and dopamine. And this helps to give us optimal cognitive performance. And it also helps us to feel happier, create that sense of euphoria. Serotonin is, you know, one of the love drugs. So it helps to regulate and control the release of these monoamines. And so it's super important to consider this when you're talking to somebody and sharing cacao with them. And, you know, they tell you they may be on multiple antidepressant drugs. So some of our SSRIs, some of our monoamine oxidase inhibitors. So you just want to be cautious. I'm truly a believer that everything in moderation is okay. But, you know, some people really fall in love with cacao and start taking it in very high doses. And so you want to be cognizant of that when you share this medicine with people and just have that be something that's in the back of their mind. But yeah, so cacao is also beautiful for that. And it, like I said, it creates that synergistic effect. So basically helping all of these things work together in the body to create that sense of euphoria, relaxation, calmness, and really getting us out of that monkey mind. Cacao also has a decent amount of fiber and protein, which also helps with digestion and makes it a super nutrient-rich, nutrient-dense food. So it's something that is great to consume every day, of course, in moderation. As in herbal medicine, because I'm in an herbalism program now, I'm just going to talk a little bit about that. Cacao really helps to balance out the polarities. So if you're somebody who's really in the masculine mindset, really focused in that fight or flight, all or nothing, work, 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 everything else comes second, it'll really help to balance out that masculine and feminine energy. So bringing in more of that, giving yourself grace, making space for relaxation, being gentle with yourself. It's a great nervine. It helps with relaxation. And then because of the magnesium and the relaxation effects, it also works as a great diuretic because it's helping to relax all of the muscles in the body. So it may induce sensations that you have to urinate. And if you're someone who struggles with constipation, it may also work really well for you because it'll help stimulate bowel movements. So when we think about the energy of cacao, if you've ever tried just plain cacao, cacao is bitter, it's drying. And a few minutes after drinking a cup of warm cacao, you start to feel warm. Your body starts to get hot. You may feel that vasodilation. You may feel like you're about to start sweating. But usually 30 minutes to an hour after that, your body feels much more relaxed. And that's because of, you know, the magnesium, the minerals I spoke about, the theobromine. It creates this overall cooling effect on the body. So as a herbal medicine, it's really cool that it starts off warming, but overall has a cooling effect. There's not many herbs or plants that have both. So cacao is also special in that regard. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that 
I believe it is our moral obligation as consumers to know where we are sourcing our products from. Like everything good, the big industries profit off of consumer trends and cacao is currently a trending food. When you think about how many things have chocolate in them, you have to wonder how are places growing and harvesting this much cacao so quickly to keep up with consumer demand. And that's because the bulk of the big companies, which I'll name a few of them, are actually using slave plantations and child trafficking. And this is particularly true of West Africa. So the Ivory Coast and Ghana, there's documentaries on this. The best one I've seen is The Dark Side of Chocolate. It's a film by Miki Mistrati and Roberto Romano. And they highlight the realities of what's going on over there. And so children are taken from their families in child trafficking systems and they're placed on these slave plantations and they're forced to work the land and harvest the cacao. And, you know, I'm sure they're not paid because they're children, but imagine that you are buying a bar of Hershey's chocolate and knowing or not knowing that that's what you are supporting. So realizing that when you buy these monopolies of chocolate, that's what's going on behind the scenes, which is why there's a huge push for people to really look at small farms, local families, and really source things ethically. So those fair trade organizations and just a few of the companies that use child labor, and this is all available online on Google for you to dive into, Nestle, Hershey's, Mars, Godiva, Lint, Cadbury, Ferrero Rocher. So just thinking of all the chocolates and the chocolate products and bars that come to mind when you hear these names, that is the majority of the candy that most of us grow up eating, grow up receiving on Halloween. And knowing that by choosing not to support these companies, we are choosing to really focus on going back to working with people who are truly caring for the land and doing things in an ethical and sustainable way. So especially if you have kids, I mean, think about how sad that would be that you get your child abducted from you and they're placed on a plantation to work the land and harvest chocolate for other people. And the saddest part is that what ends up being sold on the market isn't even cacao. It's garbage called chocolate and placed with a bunch of sugar and fillers. So really looking at what you're buying. If you're somebody who just buys stuff without looking at the nutrition label, I really encourage you to start noticing what ingredients are there. For example, looking at a bag of Ghirardelli chocolate, the ingredient list from first to last is sugar, hydrogenated palm kernel and palm oils, non-fat milk powder, whole milk powder, glycerin, soy lecithin, an emulsifier, salt, and artificial flavor. I didn't even read cacao in there. And that is so depressing. So... In comparison to Picari, one of my favorite chocolate brands, excuse me, their ingredient label says cocoa mass, cane sugar, cocoa butter, 
sunflower lecithin, cacao 72% minimum, certified organically produced in compliance with EC Bio 141. So noticing the difference in the sound of those ingredients. And not to mention the top of the Picari bar has a little sticker that says EC Bio 141, sustainable fair trade, organic, vegan, gluten-free, soy-free, premium cacao direct trade. So those are words that you want to look for when you're buying products because you want to make sure that you're supporting things that you want to support. So it may be initially more expensive, but just knowing that your money is going to support something sustainable, something beautiful, and something that is preserving the beauty of cacao. You know, it's it's sad that a lot of good things in life end up being corrupt by what people notice makes money. They're like, oh, I can make tons of money off of cacao. I'm going to produce the cheapest cacao possible. I'm going to dilute it and add all this sugar and fillers into it. And that's going to be great. And so switching gears and talking about more positive things, if you've heard about cacao ceremonies or you've kind of met people who have been talking about this, this is a sacred practice And like I said, it really allows you to just sit in the heart space with cacao. And I personally drink cacao pretty much every day. There may be some exceptions here and there if I'm traveling or if it's a really busy day. But a meditation dose of ceremonial cacao is about 28 grams. So I usually just measure this out. I have a little scooper that's about 28 grams. And ceremonial cacao is literally just straight up cacao paste. I buy it from Cacao Laboratory. It's a beautiful brand that is owned by one of my teachers and friends, Florencia Friedman and her brother, Federico. And they basically are working with Ecuadorian farmers who are using sustainable, fair trade cacao. And they turn that into a giant block. So I buy the bar that's about a kilogram. So 2.2 pounds of of cacao, excuse me. And then they, I chop that up and turn it into a fine powder or chunks. And that's actually what I've used to replace everything that I use. So any cacao powder, I stopped using cocoa powder and cacao nibs. I just create everything from that same bar. I sub that in for vegan recipes, chocolate chip cookies, and all of those things. It's super versatile and multi-purpose, and I love it. And... Um, So yeah, you sit, you drink your cup of cacao, which is typically prepared with um, just, just before the water starts to boil, you take that hot water, you add that into the chopped up cacao. And I just have like a little mini frother that I use. If you're putting in like dates or something to sweeten it, you could use the blender. But for me, I try not to use a sweetener because in the traditional Mayan sense, they don't use anything to sweeten it. That's part of the medicine of cacao, letting the bitterness expand the heart space. Um, And really, you're just observing what your body's going through. What are you feeling? Sometimes I just open my journal and I free flow write. Other times I put on music and just close my eyes and meditate. And it's really a beautiful time that you're carving out for yourself to connect with the spirit of cacao. Cacao is a master plant teacher and really became protected and taken into the guardianship of the Mayans. So even though it came from the Amazon, 
through the central trade routes. It made its way to Central America, where it was believed to have been used by the Olmecs, and then their knowledge was passed on to the Aztecs and the Mayas. But the Mayas became the guardians of cacao, and the way that they use it is pretty much in a ceremonial space with fire and using the sacred fire to connect with the spirit world and connect with the spirit of Mama Cacao. So really just seeing how can you invite that space and that time for yourself, whether you're journaling about gratitude, whether you're thinking about the life you want to envision for yourself, whether you're reflecting on your emotional response to events happening in your life or reflecting on how you can change things about the way you respond to emotions in the future. Cacao is a amazing medicine. I could talk all day about cacao, but I'll keep this pretty short. If you want to learn more about cacao, feel free to message me. You can also look at cacaolaboratory.com. Florencia Friedman has a lot of content on cacao. This is her life's work. And really just allowing yourself to, one, carve out time to be with yourself. Two, sit in silence with the heart-opening medicine of cacao and seeing how that opens up the heart space for you. And three, just noticing what comes up for you. If you need cacao, you can also order that on cacaolaboratory.com. If not, you can look at other sources for ceremonial grade cacao. That's what you would be buying. And wherever you are, I encourage you to look and see if there's any cacao ceremonies in your neighborhood or in your region and try it out. Try something new. See how it goes for you. Connect with the spirit of cacao. She's such a gentle and beautiful and powerful loving spirit and we can all learn so much from her. And I believe that when we truly start operating from the heart space and we step out of the mind, everything shifts. So I hope this was helpful. I hope you learned some facts about cacao. And if you try it, if you have any more questions, please let me know. I always love hearing about all of your experiences. Have a wonderful day or night wherever you may be and I will see you all next time.